0: Hello friends, James Corbett here, CorbettReport.com. It is the tail end of January 2023, and it is time for the first Questions for Corbett for the new year. And on today's edition of the Questions for Corbett series, we're going to take a letter in from uh, the mailbag, the electronic mailbag, from Tony, who writes, I'm from Sweden, and to my knowledge, there has been no anarchist, voluntarist, or libertarian movement in recent history. I quit voting some 10 years ago and find myself increasingly compelled to learn more about these thoughts, and more than that, to take local action. My question to you is, where can I start and how do I engage with people that have no prior experience with these kinds of ideas? If I search the internet, there's not even a Swedish Wikipedia article on voluntarism. The word anarchism has a lot of baggage, and to most Swedes, libertarianism is connected to typically American values and traditions that feel strange and dated. At least, that's my perception. So, do you have any good sources I can go to with more information on how to engage, how to take local action, and maybe most importantly, how to start explaining these ideas to friends, relatives, peers, and strangers? I guess what I'm asking is, can you point me towards some type of manual? All right. Thank you for the question, Tony. I can, I'm can. i pretty sure that you're not the only person in the audience with a question along these lines, because obviously these are big and important ideas that have, as you say, a lot of baggage attached to them. And as a result, they are often hard to broach to people who are just hearing them for the first time without raising their hackles and defenses that have been put in place by years of conditioning and miseducation. So... Yes, what can we do to remedy this? Well, is there some type of manual that we can give people to help unlock their minds? Of course, as I am always at pains to stress, there is no one magic key, skeleton key, that will open every single mind. Um, It does depend on who you are talking to, so you must know your audience a bit. And let's further compact this. I am not Swedish. I do not speak Swedish, I have no Swedish relations, I don't even think I have any contacts in Sweden that I can think of off the top of my head, so I am clearly not the person to be talking about the Swedish context of this information in particular, or how to convey this information in Swedish, although I do have a little offering for you in Swedish Stay tuned, more on which later, but I can at least start pointing you to, well, what I know, English language sources that can start you along the path of how do I start introducing these ideas to people, and hopefully you will be able to find Swedish translations or even perhaps contribute to some of your own. Uh, All that being said, uh, where's the place to start with a question like this? Well, of course, you start at CorbettReport.com, and you will type in Voluntarism into the search bar, which... I must stress once again, not only, yes, it exists, and yes, there is a search bar on corporatereport.com, as I continually get people saying, you don't have a search bar, but it also exists on mobile. Yes, there is a mobile search bar. (laughs) Trust me, it's there, folks. Anyway... Type voluntarism, not volunteerism, voluntarism, as in the only valid set of relations between people in society is that of mutual consent, voluntary human relations. Voluntarism, type that into the search bar. Type anarchism into the search bar. Type books into the search bar, and you will find a lot of things that are, well, at least relevant, if not directly um, helpful in today's quest. And for example, um, you will find uh, things that I've done, questions for Corbett in the past about various questions that people have had about anarchism, in which I will direct people to certain specific books and resources and web pages. Here's one that I've recommended in the past, but it's quite the distant past, so you would be forgiven for not re- remembering this. But there is a very simple one page introduction to the fundamentals of voluntarism at voluntarist.com which has an introduction, um, just stating plainly in plain language what voluntarism is, and then providing the epistemological argument, the economic argument, the moral argument, the natural law argument, the means end argument, and the consistency argument, and the integrity, self-control, and corruption argument for voluntarism. And that's a good It's a good short introductory resource that you might be able to point people to, at least, again, in the English language. And on the sidebar, you'll note that they have a number of additional resources that you can click on, not only specific links to specific authors who you might want to start checking out, like Robert Lefebvre or Lysander Spooner, but um, general resources about nonviolence, about anarchism, about history, and also How I Became a Voluntarist, which, if you click on that, you'll find um, has a number of different... How I Became a Voluntarist stories from a number of different people, um, some quite well-known, some less well-known, H.L. Mencken, uh, Robert Higgs, some pretty well-known people in there talking about how they came down the path towards becoming voluntarists. So very uh, handy resource there in one simple online guide, but let's go for something a little more thoroughgoing. So in your quest uh, and in your searches and exploration of the CorbettReport.com website via the search bar, you will undoubtedly at some point stumble upon interview 1,429 James Corbett and Liberty Weekly recommend books, where I talked to Keith Knight and Patrick McFarlane, who at that point were co-hosting the Liberty Weekly podcast, And we talked, obviously, we were recommending various books, and there are definitely several books in there that are very relevant to today's exploration, um, including uh, Authoritarian Sociopathy by uh, Davi Barker, an interesting book that... Relates very much to this, but from a very strange angle that you might not expect. So the psychological experiment route um, towards understanding how people um, come under the spell of authoritarianism and why it's so persuasive. That's the type of thing that might appeal to someone who's interested. You know they're interested in psychology, so you might hand them a book like that. Again, it depends on your audience. But more to the point, you will know. Oh, Keith Knight. Where have I heard that name before? Oh, well, of course, he has interviewed me several times on his podcast. I've put it up on the Corporate Report website as well, mirrored mirrored it there. But I've also interviewed him about his manual for introducing people to voluntarism. You might recall that we had a lengthy conversation about the Voluntarist Handbook, um, organized by, uh, edited by Keith Knight. And as you will know, if you have seen that conversation and if you haven't, you will now, (laughs) Uh, you will know that this is a collection of dozens and dozens and dozens of different authors and some of their writings um, about voluntarism and the uh, ideas surrounding it. And there's a, a wide array of different ideas in there. This is a handy dandy guide that you can give people on this note. And in the Voluntarist Handbook, Keith starts with an introduction in which he points out that there is a way to at least start needling people to get them to recognize that there may be something wrong in their fundamental political philosophy. He starts by saying there exist two blatant contradictions which roughly 99% of intellectuals, journalists, and voters erroneously believe. On the one hand, they say that the free market must be regulated in order to prevent monopolies. It is assumed that these monopolies would have such great power over the market that their customers would be forced to settle for products far more expensive than, and inferior to, those that would be offered under competitive market conditions. On the other hand, those intellectuals, journalists, and voters explicitly advocate that one group, government, monopolize the money supply, policing, courts, taxation, legislation, compulsory education, and a myriad of other things that we may consider to be vitally important. Second, the vast majority of people recognize the moral legitimacy of the biblical commandments thou shalt not steal and thou shalt not murder. Yet, when it comes to the practices of taxation and war, these principles are blatantly disregarded by almost everyone. If taxation is not theft, why can only governments do such a thing? Why not simply allow all organizations, companies, clubs, churches, or individuals to issue taxes? likewise, war is simply a euphemism for theft-funded mass murder, a blatant crime that we would never dismiss if non-government actors were to engage in it. What if justice required us not to have double standards? And you can read on this just only a couple of pages, and then there's a couple of pages at the very end of the book, The Afterword, in which he elaborates a little bit more on those concepts. But in order to Talk about this this idea of pointing out some of the blatant contradictions and hypocrisies that exist in those whose minds have been colonized by the state, the invasive statist ideology. I brought, I had a conversation just earlier today with Keith. And I. I brought him on the program to discuss this as a tool for helping to unlock people's minds. And added bonus, Keith has gone and translated that introduction. Into Swedish and has provided it as a PDF. So I will be posting that in the show notes. You can use that, Tony, if uh, it suits your purposes. With the caveat that this is an automatic translation, online translation. So it may not be a good translation, it may not be perfect, but at any rate, it hopefully at least conveys the idea. And if it isn't perfect, well, here's a chance for you, Tony, or for anyone in the audience who speaks absolutely any other language to have their go at translating, if not just the introduction or the entire book or various parts of the book that you find interesting, Keith would appreciate and encourage the help. Someone reached out recently to him to offer to translate uh, the Ten Handbook into German and he said, go for it. So that is your call out there for people who are interested in translation work. Here is a big juicy project that needs your attention. So uh, if anyone would like to translate this into Swedish or anything else, please get in touch with Keith Knight. Um, More details about that in a moment, but let's bring him on the program. So earlier today, I had the chance to ask him if he thought it was these, pointing out these contradictions, these hypocrisies that exist in statist minds is a good way of unlocking at, at least the possibility for a conversation with these people about statism and anarchism.
1: I think it is just because it allows you to uh, look at something logically and ask, what could be a possible explanation for this? As opposed to looking at something empirically like, did you hear about the study that says X number of... That's very complex and uh, sometimes only applies to certain geographical areas or certain times. What's so important about these two contradictions is they necessarily apply to all states by definition. All of them say... That uh, monopolies are bad, so it's one of the roles of the state to make sure that one organization only has so much of a percentage of influence within society. The state has a right to have a police force that you have to obey, and if they try to coerce you and you resist them, they do have the right to use force up to, and including killing you. But if you ever try using force against them, you are literally a terrorist by definition, someone trying to use violence for political ends. So that's one. The second is thou shalt not steal. So almost under any philosophy of property rights, you have to recognize that if taxation were something that was so legitimate, or it's not even a big deal, you're really cheap if you complain about it. Why isn't it that the Catholic Church or the Corbett Report or the Libertarian Institute or the Tom Woods Show or Amazon or Walmart or any other organization could just issue taxes. And then all of a sudden you see how it's a really, really big deal. When it comes to uh, something like thou shall not murder, you can ask them – um Uh, I'm trying to think of big political figures. Maybe Joe Biden's the best example. You could say um, Joe Biden is, uh, you know, under investigation. He had some documents that he wasn't allowed to have from when he was vice president. Uh, And a lot of people are talking about they might impeach him as president. Do you have any theory as to why he wasn't impeached for murdering seven children and three adult civilians on August 29th, 2001 in Kabul? They had some of the weakest evidence ever, and they still sent a uh, bomb in there and killed civilians, and this is documented. you have any uh, theory as to why he's not being impeached for that? It's all this trivial nonsense, and that, again, gets us to the root of the issue that some people have this recognized right to use violence against others, and we have this obligation to obey them. One of the great insights that Thomas Sowell brings to uh, this sort of understanding is, okay, So we have issues that seem sort of complex, but if you dig in, they're not really complex. So what's going on here? How is it that such a scam, a blatant contradiction has been pulled over the eyes of so many people and intellectuals, people who tend to be experts in uh, politics, political science? He says, well, politics is not necessarily the study of finding objective truth. People are much more uh, likely to look for heroes to cheer and villains to hate. They don't want any explanation that doesn't give them that. So what do we have in the media? Black versus white, men versus women, American versus Russia, America versus Islam, and they're going to have a new one. It might be Iran after today. I'm not actually sure. We we might be going back to Iran. I remember North Korea was going to nuke Guam for a week or two, and then uh, that just fell off the radar, or you know they're always issuing large boogeymen whether uh, it's a disease or it's the climate changing that uh, is something they need to use to usher in more power. So if we recognize that reality, they're always looking for heroes to admire and villains to hate. What we can say is there is a genuine divide that we can differentiate good people and bad people in. And it's not arbitrary. It's not decided at birth. And this is anyone who achieves their ends in life peacefully through marketing, voluntary exchange, charity – Anything that's done through the process of consent is one demographic of people we could have, and the other is people who achieve their ends violently through threats. So that's why the principle of voluntarism is so important, and it's realistic, because you're still giving people the villains that they don't like. These would be rapists, pedophiles, kidnappers, and the greatest mass murderers of all uh, the state, and it gives them a principled reason to hate them, not because they're rich or uh anything else so that is generally my introduction to people and then they'll say things like well didn't the first anarchists use bombs and weren't they really violent so then what you're going to have to do is search long and hard through history books and see if there's ever an example of governments using violence or bombs against civilians you you might be able to find one if someone could tag me on twitter and see if there is uh, if there was ever like a world war that happened twice I keep hearing rumors about that, so um, th- that is uh, one of the immediate explanations. The same standards they have for you, never be afraid to flip those around.
0: Excellent. Well, you mentioned, for example, Thomas Sowell, so let's address the that side of Tony's question, talking about, is there a manual for this that I can give to people that will unlock their minds? Well, I would, of course, humbly suggest the Voluntaryist Handbook might be a place where you could go for a lot of different perspectives on this, and even the best part, you'll, re- you'll encounter lots and lots of different authors and you can just start exploring their works. So this is a great t- tool for unlocking a lot of this. But if you were pressed, look, I just need a, a book recommendation, something that will really unlock people's minds quickly and easily. What, what would you say?
1: Well, I'm going to steal your recommendation and use the Voluntorist Handbook, not just because I wrote it, but I wrote it because I wanted to use it as one book to give to people. Because I would always say, well, I really like Michael Malice's Anarchist Handbook, and I like Bastiat's The Law and Tom Woods' Nullification Book. But then I'd go on and say, "Well, there's this caveat and that caveat." And instead of complaining about people who've done greater things than I could ever dream of, I tried to be the uh, the, the change we what uh, we see in the world. But yeah, that is the premise of the Voluntarist Handbook. You have about 48 different authors who all came to the same conclusion from different starting points. People like William, um, like William F. Buckley's senior editor, uh, Joe Sobran, from the right. People from the left, like Roderick T. Long. And not to mention, Frederick Bastiat was a leftist in uh, France in 1850. It's people from all different starting points coming to the same conclusion, and a lot of the chapters range from one page long to 20 pages long. So there's a great variety. Maybe the most important two pages is the list of terms. A wise man once told me that so many disagreements just come down to a different use of definitions and a different understanding of the implications of what. You advocate, so uh, that is why I would recommend the Voluntarist Handbook.
0: Excellent, Keith Knight. Tell people how they can get the handbook and how they can follow
1: you. Check out libertarianinstitute.org. Anyone can follow me on Odyssey. It's the Keith Knight. Don't tread on anyone show.
0: All right, that is Keith Knight of the Libertarian Institute at libertarianinstitute.org, where you can find the Don't Tread on Anyone podcast. You can also find him on Odyssey. And of course, you can go to interview 1741 in the Corbett Report archives for my conversation with Keith Knight about the Voluntarist Handbook, in which you can find, of course, not only the link to purchase the copy, the physical hard copy of the book, and actually support Keith and the work that he does, but... He's also made it available 100% for free as a PDF. It's on Odyssey. It's on archive.org. The links are there at thelibertarianinstitute.org. Link to the Voluntarist Handbook, which will be in the show notes. So please use this as a resource. That is exactly why it was created. So there's one manual for introducing people to the ideas of voluntarism. Uh, and uh, there are many others. So for example, uh, if we hearken back to that... uh Uh, aforementioned uh, conversation with Liberty Weekly recommending books. You will note that, for example, one of the books that we talked about there was The Politics of Obedience by Etienne de la Boétie. And I have talked about this before. In fact, I had an entire conversation with Keith Knight about this very book because I think it is an extremely important book with some very important insights. 500 years old, but insights that are as important for us today as they were at the time in which they were penned. And Etienne de la Boite, that, that name rings a bell. Where where have I heard that? Oh, I think I interviewed an author, Etienne de la Boite squared, right? Oh, yeah. You will recall, hopefully, um, my conversation on uh, how to introduce uh, people in who are visual learners to information. And that was an edition of Solutions Watch from way back in the day that got a lot of attention, uh, because it was introducing, amongst other things, this book, Government, The Biggest Scam in History by Etienne de la Boite Squared. And you'll recall in that conversation about this very, very handy-dandy, very visual guide... To introducing people to the concepts of freedom, and uh, we talked about it before. And I know that a lot of people did pick up on this, and in fact picked up a copy of this because uh, shortly after our conversation on Solutions Watch, uh, his website c- crashed, and he had to re- uh, he sold out of books almost immediately. Had to reorder a bunch of prints. So I know people out there caught onto this and appreciate this as a guide, a handy dandy, very visual guide for people who are just encountering these ideas for the first time. Again, it's in English. I don't know if there's a Swedish version available, but at any rate, it is in English. Uh, this is the uh, the outdated edition. There is now a fifth edition, um, newly revised and updated, that is that has just been published. Apparently, a copy is on its way to me here in Japan as we speak. Hopefully, I'll have more information about that for you guys when it arrives. But in the meantime, I did ask Etchen de Squared, To talk about Tony's question and the idea of introducing people to the concept of freedom of voluntarism, and Etienne de la Boétie Squared was good enough to take some time out of his schedule speaking at a conference in Mexico to provide this video.
2: Hi Tony, it's Etienne de la Boétie Squared from the Art of Liberty Foundation coming to you from the Greater Reset in Morelia, Mexico. And James asked me to jump in and field this question about the best way to introduce people to the ideas of liberty. And first off, uh, I would recommend uh, using the word voluntarism instead of uh, anarchy or libertarianism uh, because uh, as I break down in my book Government, the Biggest Scam in History Exposed, the word anarchy has been changed over time Uh, uh, the word means no rulers, not no rules, but the rulers don't want you to know that there's an option on the menu called no rulers, so they've used their propaganda system and control of the dictionary to actually change the meaning of the word over time. And in my book, I actually break down and show the 1827 definition of anarchy from the Webster's Dictionary and compare it with the modern definition of anarchy from the Merriam-Webster online uh, uh, definition. So you can see how it's been changed from no rulers to chaos and dystopia. And I then break down who owns uh, the Merriam-Webster dictionary. It's the Safra banking family. They also own Encyclopedia Britannica, where Leslie Gelb, the past president of the Council on Foreign Relations sits on the editorial advisory board of both publications. Um, also, I don't like libertarianism, even when you spell it with a little L, because it seems to denote uh, a willingness and, uh, to, to, to play in the rigged poker game of elections, and so that's not attractive And so, uh, that's why I like uh, Voluntarism, and for the uninitiated, the short definition of Voluntarism is the idea that all human relations must be voluntary. No one gets to use violence or extortion or coercion on anybody else, not even the government, and that's one of the reasons you know government is illegitimate, is because they're using violence and extortion and coercion. Um, and it, it really means the exact same thing as anarchism. It just comes at it from the moral high ground of nonviolence. The other thing I like about it is, fortunately and unfortunately, uh, not a lot of people know what it means, and so it gives you a really a blank slate to unpack and, you know, and define and explain the ideas of liberty without the, uh, the, uh, the baggage of the word anarchy or libertarianism. Uh, and finally, I like it because it's the only ism that is fair for everyone. Uh, nobody gets the ring of power because there is no ring of power. And, uh, and every other ism, whether it be socialism or communism or constitutional republicanism, has a ruling class that gets to use violence and coercion on everybody else. And so the only ism that's fair for everybody is voluntarism. And so I really, really like that. With respect to your question on where can you find a manual to introduce people to the ideas of liberty, well, I wanted to suggest my book, Government, The Biggest Scam in History Exposed, Uh, which we just printed a brand new fifth edition. It's full of new one-pagers, memes, uh, uh, information exposing the illegitimacy and the criminality of government, in addition to the good news message of voluntarism. The world is a self-organizing place that produces spontaneous order, and you can get every single thing you want from the government without the violence, extortion, coercion, uh, uh, malinvestment, etc., and so, uh, so the book is backed up by a credit card-sized flash drive that we call The Liberator. And we just have a brand new 5th edition Liberator um, that is full of documentaries, important books in PDF, short videos, dank liberty memes, truth music from uh, the movement's leading uh, artists. And, uh, new for the 5th edition, hundreds and hundreds of prepping and survival resources. Everything from how do you purify water, first aid, bushcraft, forging for wild food, self-sufficiency. And you can find both at government-scam.com. I hope this helps. And uh, thanks to James for letting me uh, field this question.
0: Echenda Squared, talking about... Government, The Biggest Scam in History, Exposed, now in its fifth edition, available at government-scam.com. And if you go to government-scam.com slash fifth, you can find out more about the fifth edition of the book. And uh, billed as a book scientifically designed to wake up friends, family, and coworkers to the reality that government of every flavor has been a scam of intergenerational organized crime since the beginning. So there you have it, folks, Uh, another example of a manual of sorts that might help to wake people up. Again, it's in English, as all of these sources are, because that's the language I speak. Um, Now, uh, in that, again, let's go back to that conversation, Liberty Weekly recommending books, because there's a number of relevant books in there, one of which, of course, one that you'll know is The Most Dangerous Superstition. By larkin rose you'll know because i've talked about it many many times i've recommended it i think it is exactly one of those manuals those guides that can help to unlock people's minds if they are willing to i don't know actually read a book on a subject <laughs> perhaps a dwindling number of people are interested in that these days but if they do need a book hey here's another good one um, so of course i'll put the link into uh, the most dangerous superstition if you're interested in that but perhaps more importantly you're also interested in Larkin Rose and his partner, Amanda Rose, who um, you will again be familiar with because once you explore the anarchism and voluntarism uh, tags on CorbettReport.com or type that into the search bar, you'll find some of the many conversations I've had with Larkin and or Amanda over the years. And for example, you will remember that earlier we talked about their, their session, Candles in the Dark, which is a seminar, essentially of exactly this, how to introduce people to the ideas of liberty, and how that can be done in an effective, communicative way. And Larkin walks people through this from his decades of experience doing this online and in person over and over and over, trying to find, not just argue with people, but trying to bring them to a a broader understanding of these concepts. This is a set of techniques and psychological ideas that have been worked on and refined, so that he knows how to lead people through these types of conversations and overcome the resistance that people have to new ideas. There is an art and a science to this, and Larkin and Amanda Rose are helping people to do exactly that with their Attend Candles, um, the Candles in the Dark training seminar. And hey, wouldn't you know it? They're doing the seminar right now. So. Um, Let's let let, uh, Largan and Amanda talk a little bit about the Candles in the Dark Seminar and what people can learn there.
2: Candles in the Dark is a course that we came up with to help voluntarists be far more effective at getting through to the rest of the world who still believe in political authority and, and government and all that fun stuff. And the problem is that uh most voluntarists haven't taken into account psychology well enough to know how to communicate with people without setting them off and making it into an argument. People assume that convincing people has to do with having to argue with them and debate and prove stuff. And if you haven't learned this method and tried this method, it's very easy to think that's impossible. I've tried everything, I've tried you know, I've talked to all my relatives and co-workers and they just won't listen. They won't listen if you talk to them in a way that sets off their psychology and this teaches you to talk to the way... In talk to them in a way that doesn't and will actually get them to hear what you're saying. Yep, and combining that with asking gentle questions in ways that lead people to think rather than trying to force them to think or browbeat them with facts or preach at them. So this is a whole different approach in communication for those family members and those one-on-one conversations with friends or strangers where you're wondering, how do I invite people to think rather than make them run away and scare them off?
0: That is Larkin and Amanda Rose of the Candles in the Dark Seminar, which is available at attendcandles.com. It is now available as an online course, so you can take it at any time. And the details are there at Attend Candles, along with a more introduction as to what the course is about and what you'll get out of it. If you want an even bigger introduction to the uh, idea of Candles in the Dark, you can, of course, go back to interview 1510 back in the Corporate Report archives where I talked to Larkin and Amanda Rose about the uh, candles in the dark. And I I did, uh, I suppose, um, preview Johnny YouTuber at the time, uh, Statist Jim, remember that character? Uh, Talking to Larkin and Amanda about candles in the dark and what uh, people can get out of that. So anyway, another handy way of exactly what you're talking about, Tony, introducing people to these ideas when there are obvious um, and significant often hurdles to this type of conversation because people always throw up their barriers and do not want to hear it. So there are people who have thought about this. And of course, there's lots and lots of information about anarchism and voluntarism in general, at least in English. I'm going to assume some of it has been translated into Swedish. But if not, again, here's an opportunity for someone in the crowd who wants to step up to the plate. But perhaps even more importantly than the information, which of course is out there, but who's going to look at it? Well, there's lots and lots of people working on ideas of how to more effectively communicate this information to others. So I've just provided several manuals. There will be links in the show notes to all sorts of books and and seminars and everything else, um, In general online introductions. Um, something in here, I think, will probably resonate with someone out in the crowd who is in a similar predicament to Tony. And again, there will be even the Swedish PDF of the Introduction to the Voluntarist Handbook that uh, Keith Knight has provided. And uh, as always, I'm going to call on the crowd to step up with translations of any and all of this work as you see fit into whatever language you are capable of speaking. Having said all of that, I hope that that at least uh, broaches the answer to this very uh, enormous and overwhelming and undoubtedly ongoing question that Tony and people like Tony, I'm sure all around the world have. But that's going to do it for this edition of Questions for Corbett. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and I invite you to join me for plenty more news, information, and content spilling out of the Corbett Report news and information feeds at CorbettReport.com.